Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! And guess what, Zordon? Some other phony alphas have been trying to do my voice! Ay, 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 ay! The Power Rangers will never forgive them! Today on the Power Hour, Extra Episode 27, Ranger Con Coverage, C2E2 2017, and Ranger News, recorded on April 24th, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Summer Ranger up with your hosts, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This extra episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, Zach. Hey, Eric. Man, what a weekend. It was a fantastic weekend. It was incredible. C2E2 is a fantastic show, and we're going to talk all about that. But first, we do have some news items since our last episode. First... In kind of a shocker, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie has been released in HD. The classic 1995 film is now available in 1080p quality on both Amazon and HBO Now. This was reported by Power Rangers Now. And I've seen people do screenshots between the DVD Mm -hmm. and the new one. It's like freaking night and day, man. It's insane, yeah. I've seen some of the screen caps you're talking about, and it's just like, wow, I didn't even think a a high-quality version of that even existed. But it's it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it's really great. And I know before the new movie came out, there was a screening of, I guess, a HD print that someone had dug up. And they had some of the uh, original Power Rangers cast there. And people were like, oh, that's cool. And it really sparked this whole discussion on why haven't they released it on Blu-ray yet? And now this thing comes out out of the blue on Amazon and HBO now. And it's like, holy crap. And I've seen people already torrent the new version. Mm -hmm. But it's unfortunate because like right before the movie came out and we talked about this, Fox re-released the movie on DVD with Turbo. And it's like, if you guys had this that you were going to float around on HBO now, why don't we have a Blu-ray? Exactly. It's mind-boggling to me. This print came out of nowhere, this new remastered version. And some people are saying that the colors look a little washed out, but I don't think so. I think when you see them side by side, it's almost like the original DVD was almost too dark. Yeah. And with this new print, it really makes the colors pop. So I don't care if Fox has to strike a deal with Shout Factory or something. Just, I want a Blu-ray with features, like the definitive edition for this movie. Because those screen captures look amazing. I can't wait to see this. But yeah, let's get it on Blu-ray. I would imagine that they probably are queuing up something like that. 
and it'll probably be available when Power Rangers 2017 comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. Then I would buy both and be a very uh, happy fan. Yeah, absolutely, that's what I. <laughs> well, speaking of DVD, TV shows on DVD has reported that Power Rangers Dino Supercharge, the complete series, will be out on DVD. It's a four-disc DVD releasing June 27th, 2017. The price is 19.98 and like the other cuz I picked up Dino Charge Mm -hmm. the set and basically it just collects all of the volumes together from the individual releases so people are thinking that this quote-unquote complete season won't really be complete because it won't have the halloween and christmas specials which if you've seen them that's not really a big loss but i mean don't call it the complete season if you don't have all of them yeah i still need to get the full season of Super Mega Force, the full Dino Charge season, and, and then I'll have to get this. And then I will have all the seasons on DVD. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know some people were thinking that the cover was a little crazy because there's a compilation of all of the dinosaurs on the cover above the logo. <laughs> but I think it looks cool as hell. June 27th, you guys will be able to pick that up. And I'll probably give away the two volumes I did buy through our Twitter sometime in the future. So look out for that one. In other news, Boom Studios has announced the GoGo Power Rangers comic coming in July 2017. So following the success of their Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book series, Boom Studios has announced a second Power Rangers comic book title. Titled GoGo Power Rangers, this new series will be set in the early days of the series and focus on characters adjusting to their new lives as Power Rangers. This was from Toku Nation. But I've seen other interviews where Kyle Higgins was saying, and he's the writer for the comic book series, that this is like a before Tommy right after they get their powers. Yeah. And there will be events that happen in there that will be referenced in both titles. So this will be in continuity with the Boom universe and with the ongoing current series. And it sounds like this is going to be a second ongoing series, which is nuts. And there's already like variant covers for that. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great that they're being allowed to expand on the comics with the success they had with the initial series. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I really hope that GoGo Power Rangers, because there's only so much that you can do with MMPR before Tommy, before you start having to break away from that. So what I'm hoping that GoGo Power Rangers becomes is almost like an anthology series. I'd love for that to happen. Like, maybe that's a way to bring in other teams into the comic universe and go from there. So I hope they at least test the waters with that or maybe even do some other rangers in their annuals that come out every year yeah and then finally another dvd announcement this is also from shout factory denji sentai mega ranger the complete series was announced and this is their latest in their super sentai line we're getting official licensed sentai here in the states which is incredible it's fantastic yeah and mega ranger first aired in 1997 and it eventually became power rangers in space in 1998 and the two shows are vastly different 
Mega Ranger deals with high school students battling a monster force, and it's more video game based. Yeah. Uh, it has almost nothing to do with space, like the Power Rangers counterpart. Yeah, yeah. Mega Ranger is definitely more based on different facets of technology, video games, stuff like that. And so for them to take that and somehow turn it into in space was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a pretty big feat for them. And I've seen maybe half of Mega Ranger through subgroups. And I love the song. I think the characters are funny. So, yeah, it's going to be great. And this will be released on August 15th. It retails for $42.99. That's according to a listing on Best Buy's website. There's no cover art yet, but I'm sure that'll be released in the coming weeks. I've been supporting the Sentai line, you know, discovering older Sentai through Shout Factory. I think this is great that the sales are good enough that we keep on going, and I really hope that we make some more current Sentai. Yeah, at the rate we're going of getting like two a year, almost three a year at this point. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. So they're very close to doing three a year. So I think in the next couple of years, you're almost approaching like Decoranger territory then. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I would we'll, love to have that series officially on DVD. I would love to eventually see the sales being so good that we just end up catching up and like, oh, this Sentai is running in Japan this year. By next year, we'll have the DVD subtitled officially. Or hopefully they upgrade to Blu-ray because Bokanger was the first to go HD for Sentai. So I hope we catch up. And I know that Japan has since remastered some older series. So I really hope we're getting at least the good masters for these DVD sets. And hopefully we get Blu-ray. I know Blu-ray is slightly more costly to produce, but I hope the sales justify it. I think once we start getting into some more recent Super Sentai, that's when fans will really start eating these up. But for right now, we're at least justifying the sales for them to keep going. So that's amazing. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I would absolutely buy all of my favorite Sentais again. Well, I mean, not again. I mean, I would watch them again. I would buy (laughs) them for the first time because we have subgroups. Thank you, subgroups. But that brings up kind of an interesting thing. Like, you know, if they do catch up like what you're talking about, wouldn't that essentially put subgroups out of business, I guess? They would sub it during, but, you know, once it's done, then it goes away. That would pretty much be the limit. You'd be able to watch them via subgroups as the show is continually running, but yeah, as soon as the show's over, okay, well, we have to take these all down now because the different company yeah. has the rights to make these. But you'd still have subgroups for stuff like Kamen Rider, and there's a ton of subgroups out there for other Japanese anime and other toku shows like Ultraman and Garo. Garo is supposedly coming out stateside this year. That's it's... insane. Yeah. And when I was at C2E2, I was at the Funimation panel, but now they're at a point with technology that... They're debuting the dub and sub of some anime simulcast the same day. Like yeah, it airs that, in Japan and US the same day. That's yeah, and that's crazy. That's incredible. That yeah. is amazing. Shoot, even as recent as stuff like Geki Ranger back in the day, you had to wait like a week and a half, two weeks to get the subs for that. Mm-hmm. And it sucked being always behind like that. But yeah, now, Overtime, I want to give a quick shout out to Overtime subgroup right. because those cats over there have... Q Ranger up every Sunday night 
like clockwork. They are on the spot. Boom. Done the next day. And that is insanely awesome. It's super cool. And hopefully we get to a point where we're able to enjoy this stuff pretty quickly. Ultraman is on Crunchyroll and some of the newer series. So I think we're at a good time right now for being a Toku fan, being a Power Rangers fan. It's really good stuff for some of the older seasons. But right now, let's get into C2E2. C2E2, for those who don't know, it's the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, hence C2E2. And they've been going for a while now. Like I, I want to say 2010 was the first one. I think 2010, 2011 must be in there somewhere. Wait, let me... You gotta look it up now? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna drive me nuts, because I've been to every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was right. The first one was April 16th through the 18th, 2010. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, because that was before I moved here to Aurora. Yeah, I had gone every year consistently until 2014. I took 15 and 16 off just because I couldn't afford to go, but then, of course, went back again this year. Yeah, I, I went there every single year so far, and I've pretty much had every badge except uh, guest and volunteer. A couple years I helped out some of my friends who ran a booth, which went from, you know, a main vendor to an artist alley table, which they didn't even use that year, so I just got the pass. Yeah. And I've paid my way a few times. I also helped out We Love Fine. I was helping out their booth, so got another vendor badge for that. I love C2E2. For those locally in the Chicago area or the surrounding states like Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, it's definitely worth coming to. I like C2E2 a lot better than Wizard World. And for those who don't know, it's made by Reed Exhibitions, which they do some of the other big comic They cons. do like New York Comic Con. They've got a very wide portfolio of a very big name cons. And yeah, I agree with you that the C2E2 is definitely better than Wizard World. Wizard World used to be the show like marvel dc they all had big booths there it was the huge fan show but in recent years wizard world has opted to instead focus on celebrity guests and vendors instead of industry folks um which is disappointing but again since we have c2e2 now it's just it's an easier choice it's like oh okay well I want to go to C2E2 because they have the stuff I'm more interested in. So I just don't have to go to Wizard World. And what's great about C2E2 is that they really focus on artists. There's a huge artist alley. It's Uh, massive. It takes up, I want to say, like a third of the con. They also have what's called the block, which is for kind of more indie vendors and, and artists to display like made products that maybe are a little bit more exclusive or hard to find. So there's very limited runs on some of these items. Whereas I think the last wizard world I went to was in 2012. And one of my friends who was a vendor there or artist alley that year, wizard world treated the artist alley people like trash. Things got moved around and, and you could tell wizard world was shifting to more of just like celebrity only type stuff. Oh, yeah. um, and that's why I love C2E2. It's because it feels kind of like a little bit more of how Wizard World was back in its heyday. You have actual comic book dealers and tons of toys, but you have the big guys there. You have Marvel, you have a huge presence, and 
the guests that they have are amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't... <clears throat> Sorry, hold on. <laughs> this is second beauty again. This is great. <laughs> uh, Here's so, your taco, sir. <laughs> so, hmm, <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, this is all getting left in. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, since 2010, they've grown, and I'm looking at their Wikipedia page. Oh yeah. So their attendance in 2010 was like 27,000. And the last really reported one in 2015 was 71,000. And this year, it had to be a heck of a lot more because I went Saturday all day and it was freaking packed. You know what? I overheard some C2E2 staffers talking and what I heard them say was when I went on Friday, this is probably about at 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, Somebody said, yeah, we're up to 21,000 now. And I thought, holy cow, for Friday alone, over 21,000 people in attendance. And that's the thing. Friday's not even the best day of these cons. It's only yeah. Saturday. So, yeah, for unique attendees, I think they're going to break some records here. But, yeah, we'll uh, definitely have a link to C2E2 in our show notes. But last year, I went with Teresa, and that was like her first convention ever of this scale. Mm -hmm. And we had a blast. It was such a great time. And last year, they had the Star Trek uh, 50 Year Celebration with Roddenberry Entertainment. And we went to that panel. That was cool. But this year, I think, was a lot of fun as well. There's a lot of things to do. And you went Friday. I went Saturday. So... I'm going to leave it up to you. Tell your Friday story. <laughs> right. Cause, cause, yeah. Cause you've got, you've got a few good stories here. Yeah, sure. So Friday morning I wake up and I get ready, go in my casual Billy cosplay. Cause turns out that blue plaid shirt I was wearing is almost exactly like the same one that David Yost wore in like the second or third season. So cool. <laughs> Accurate without trying. That's me. So yeah, so I get there and I see a huge line and I think, man, what are all these people in line for? And I notice it kind of extends to the Starbucks, and I'm thinking, oh, everyone's just getting their morning coffee. Uh-huh. And then I walk up to the registration, grab my badge real quick, and then realize that that line that I thought was for coffee is actually the line to get in, and it snakes around twice. And I thought, holy crap, it's only Friday. How is it this busy? So I get in line, and as the line moves, we walk past the, the table that has, like, the free CW-themed bags. They were all out of the Flash by the time I got there. I was mad. Oh, uh, we got the Flash. I got Flash and Supergirl. Yeah, but I had Arrow, because it was the only one I had left. I never got Arrow, and that was the one I wanted, so... <laughs> well, then, I think a trade is in our future, sir. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, so I got in line, and we get in there, and then there's another huge line for bag check and weapon check. So because I had brought my backpack to carry stuff in, I was like, yeah, okay, I got to get in this line do that. Walked the show floor for a while. Massive show floor this year. It was oh, yeah. huge. There were vendors and, and just things everywhere. And for those who don't know, uh, C2E2 is at the McCormick place in Chicago. So it's downtown right by the lake. Yeah. It's right by Soldier Field. McCormick uh, place is huge in and of itself because yeah. it's actually three different buildings. No, it's four buildings. Oh, it's four buildings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's four buildings. I've gone to, just for work, I've been to there many times. And I've been to events where there's like 
they take up four buildings, all four buildings. Yeah, but I mean, eventually, C- I think C two E two is going to do that. I think they will. But C two E two it was in the south building, which I think they've done every year. But that is the largest building of McCormick Place. And, yeah, for sure. And it shows they fill up that entire area. Yeah, it's insanely massive. I think first year they were in the building on the lake, the east building. Right. But yeah, every year since then it's been south building, and and yeah, it's it's massive. So I get I walk the show floor a bit. I go over to the uh, Channel Awesome booth, for those of you who are familiar with them. That's like Doug Walker, Nostalgia Critic, all those people I'm friends with. So I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, good, good, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go keep walking around. Went to the Weta Workshop booth. They had a bunch of stuff from, like, Lord of the Rings and Warcraft. Surprisingly, nothing from Power Rangers. Yeah, that was a bit of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. And generally just kind of wasted time until I went to the panel I had wanted to attend, which was a panel for Winona Earp. Of course, if you listen to the show, you know that AP and I are huge Winona Earp fans. And it's one that I'm going to have to start getting You're into gonna have pretty to. I quickly. Think, I, I think so. So as I'm sitting in the front row, like I got there an hour and a half before the panel started because I wanted to make sure I was front and center. But and you, you know what? That's a great con tip. If you want to go to a panel with some great celebrities, get there early. Yeah, exactly. Because you never know. And here's my my thought process was like, okay, Winona Earp is not a very well-known show. I doubt it'll be a huge panel, but I still don't want to risk it. And it's a good thing I didn't risk it because in the end, yeah, the panel was actually pretty close to full. That's awesome. So as I'm sitting there, one of the actors on the show, a guy by the name of Shamir Anderson who plays Agent Dolls, a member of uh, Black Badge Division, he sees me wearing my legacy power communicator and he goes oh man that is so awesome oh i'm such a huge fan of power rangers we just saw the movie blah 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 blah. and i'm like wait a minute i'm supposed to nerd out over you you're not supposed to nerd out over my power ranger stuff (laughs) but uh pulled out my my legacy power morpher he wanted to take pictures of all the stuff and i said yeah sure man go nuts hey it's cool that you know you're a huge fan like that ended up tweeting back and forth he ended up following me which is pretty awesome Really cool guy. He nerded out so hard over the fact that, like, the Power Rangers actors were at the con. (laughs) Funny story. So later that day at IDW, the IDW booth, there was a signing for the Winona Earp Captain Crew. He was late to the signing because he was in line waiting to get an autograph from Jason David Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like, man, okay, the signing is supposed to start at 5 o'clock. Where's Shamir? He came up at about, like, 5.20, and he was like, Ah, oh, yeah, sorry, guys. I was late, blah, 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 blah. And I saw the reason he was late, because he had an autographed 8 by 10 of Jason David Frank. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's why you were late. And he goes, yeah, you know why I was late. And I was like, that's funny. But yeah, great guys, great, great cast, great crew. Emily Andres, who is the showrunner, very funny, very genuine and sincere, very sweet, very passionate about the fandom, as the fandom is passionate about her and her show. But yeah, just a fantastic time, really. The day kind of concluded with me going to the IDW booth for the signing and stuff like that. They had a bunch of cool posters, and so I picked one of those up. Other than that, I mean, yeah, just a really great show in general. The only other thing I wanted to do, which I I did manage to do, is I got to meet Eric Burnham, who writes the Ghostbusters comics for IDW. Nice. And at the show, they have their IDW convention-exclusive cover of Ghostbusters 101, which is the comic where the new Ghostbusters from the 2016 movie cross over and meet the Ghostbusters from 1984. And... It's a really cool comic. It's well-written. Eric really knows how to write these characters. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up this convention-exclusive cover, and I got him to sign that. And then at his table, he had copies of 
Tobin's Spirit Guide, which, if you're familiar with Ghostbusters, is a book that is mentioned in the first movie as being a book for researching different types of ghosts. And so they made this fake book a real book, and in the book are written descriptions of all the different ghosts throughout the entire franchise of the Ghostbusters, including ghosts from the video game. So it's a really cool book. I picked that up too, had him sign that as well. Really great guy, really nice and and real sweet to be signing all that stuff. And yeah, man, just a great time. Like the crowds, even though it was pretty crowded for a Friday, it didn't feel terribly overcrowded. There was Mm -hmm. still a lot of walking space which was nice because sometimes I can get kind of claustrophobic in huge crowds. So I was like, oh, this is this is not bad at all. <laughs> yeah, I felt a little bit that on, on Saturday for sure. There was a couple times where I'm like, okay, I just need to get the heck out of here for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that definitely can happen, especially on Saturdays when the show floor is at its busiest. I was just looking up on their website. The Winona Herb guests weren't even on the guest list, and the only thing that's mentioned was just the panel. So yeah, how did they, you how did you even find out about this? So luckily, I follow all of the Winona Herb people on Twitter. Um, I follow Emily Andres, I follow Shamir, I follow Tim Rosin, who plays Doc Holliday. I follow the two main actresses. Anyone involved with the show, I follow on Twitter because our Friday night ritual was AP and I would live tweet while watching Winona Earp. Right. And that just eventually, we just started following the creators. The creators, you know, started tweeting at us back, and it was it was great fun. So yeah, Emily Andres had posted a graphic saying, hey, C2E2, Winona Earp panel, thanks to IDW, here's who's going to be there. And it was really just, I'm, I'm glad I happened to see it, because I had not planned on going to C2E2 at all this year, just because my work week is Thursday through Sunday. Mm. So Right. Typically, typically, my weekends are always working. So I was like, oh, well, I won't be able to go to the show, whatever. Once I found out that they were going to be there on Friday, I said, okay, I'm off. Like, I went to my boss, Ryan, and I was like, Ryan, listen, I love working here. Thank you for the job. You've got me Thursday night. You have me all day Saturday. You have me all day Sunday. Can I just please have Friday night off? I need to go to C2E2. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll cover it. And I was like, awesome, thank you. So luckily I have a really great boss who is cool with giving me time off if I need it. And yeah, just once I found out they were going to be there, I was like, oh, man, I got to go there. Uh, another thing, too, that really kind of made yeah. me want to go was the Rooster Teeth people were there. Yeah, um, but they were only there Friday, and I was so yeah, bummed. So they were only there Friday. And here's the thing. I am a little bummed I didn't get to go meet Barbara Dunkelman because I completely spaced out during, like, signing times and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was probably the one I really wanted to meet the most just because she's, like, the female face of Rooster Teeth, I, I would imagine. Yes, yeah. But I did manage to run into both Carrie Shawcross and Gray Haddock, who are on the Ruby team. Um, nice. they're, they're, they're writers for Ruby. It was just kind of a stroke of luck. I was walking from my friend's booth to go to the IDW booth to go buy my comic, and I noticed them walking past. I just It was just the two of them, like, no security escort, right. no show people being like, okay, here's where we need to go now. And I just happened to, to catch them, and I walked up to them, and I said, um, excuse me, Carrie and Gray? And I said, I'm a big fan. I've been a fan of Rooster Teeth for years. Thank you guys so much for all the content that you create, and this and that. They were very sweet. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. What's your name? Oh, I'm Zach. And, and yeah, so just that's what I love about conventions is sometimes – Stuff like that can just happen. You can just see someone yep. you've wanted to meet walking by, and you can go and just catch up and real quick say, hey, how you doing? I love your show. I love your work. I love your this, that. And that's exactly what happened. And I was just like, that's cool. Okay, that's one check mark off the list of stuff I wanted to do at, at C2E2. Very cool. What was your haul like? 
So my haul was pretty good. As I mentioned, I picked up the convention-exclusive cover of Ghostbusters 101. I picked up uh, the Tobin Spirit Guide, which isn't really a convention-exclusive or anything, but it was signed, which is nice. I picked up the Winona Earp poster from the IDW booth. I picked up a couple of really cool prints that were free from the Marvel booth, one of them being a Star Wars... I guess they're doing a Star Wars comic for the new trilogy, the, the current trilogy, I should say. Right. They had a really cool print of that, and they also had a really cool print for Civil War Two, which was stylized like an old boxing promotional poster. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and so I was like, that's neat. I like that design. They also had a really cool Poe Dameron button that oh, they cool. had. Her. Pick that up, too. I like getting the freebies. The freebies are always cool. And you know what? There was a lot of freebies, so it was nice. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine there were even more on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, I also picked up a copy of... <laughs> this is a little bit of self-promotion, but I was in a film for a friend of mine, Brad Jones, a.k.a. The Cinema Snob, on That Guy With The Glasses, on Channel Awesome, I should say. And he made a movie called Jesus Bro. And it's a satire on all of those religious movies from a, a company called Pure Flix. And Pure Flix makes these movies that are very like, if you've ever heard of God's Not Dead, or uh, I think the ones they do is called The War Room. And it's all very movies with a religious theme and, and morality to them it's all like very very yeah. christian and so he made this movie as a sort of parody satire of these not necessarily making fun of religion but just making fun of those movies so back in november i went down to springfield to film a cameo for him and at his booth he had quite a few copies and so i said hey man can i snag a copy of that because i kind of want to see the movie because I, I haven't even seen it yet and he's oh yeah sure go ahead so i got that which technically isn't really <laughs> you know <laughs> it's self-promotion is what it is just because i'm in it but other than that yeah not too much i didn't really want to do a lot of spending i yeah. had money in case i found anything i really wanted and there were quite a few few things where I almost was like, oh man, I think that'd be pretty neat. But then like the rational side of my brain took over and was like, nah, what are you going to do with that? What's it going to do? Sit on your wall? <laughs> so I hate that part of my brain, but sometimes he saves me money. So that's always a good thing. So wow. For a Friday, that's pretty good. Honestly, the Friday felt like a Saturday any other year. It was busy. There was a lot of stuff to see and do. I'm really glad I went on the Friday because from what I understand, Saturday was a bit of a cluster. It was, and let me tell you how much of a cluster. So I've been planning to go to C2E2 this year, and fortunately enough, Teresa's family is in town for a couple months. So we planned this since we knew when they were going to show up. We took her little brother, Mark, to the show. So he's like 15. And in the Philippines, they really don't have huge conventions like this. I mean, right. nothing approaching something like a C2E2. And he likes nerdy stuff. He likes Star Wars, comic books, that type of stuff. We thought it'd be cool. Like, oh yeah, let's go with him. Let's have a blast. And, and we did. It was great. We got there early. We parked off-site and took advantage of a C2E2 shuttle system, which was awesome. It was funny because we were walking from the parking garage where we parked at, and we knew that the stop was down the street. We were about a block away, and we see the bus start to pull up, and we just took off. We, like, booked <laughs> it. And fortunately, we got on, and after us, the bus was pretty much full. So, yeah, we got there. We 
already had our badges because they were mailed to us. We registered early enough where we met their badge mailing. So we got to the show, walking into McCormick Place, it's always a pretty big deal. And what I liked about C2E2 this year, they did something very interesting with their badges, where you could actually register your badge either through the app or on site. And they had almost like a scavenger hunt where if you found all of the stations, scanned your badge, you would actually get a metallic variant of their con poster. But they also had a few stations in different spots where it was almost like a like a giveaway. Like if you scanned, you might have a chance at winning a prize. And some of the prizes were like free autograph by some of the guests skip the line privileges and just get your autograph or photo op and some of them were front row to some of the panels so we did a couple and didn't win whatever but i'll get back to that another cool thing that they had with the badges were at various parts of the convention and even some booths there were places where you could scan your badge and you could get your photo taken you could have multiple people on the same photo photo everyone scans their badge and then you take a photo and it's in your personal c2e2 xp folder oh that's and, cool and it was very cool so we found three of them we found one by the main c2e2 sign in the front and it's the big c2e2 letters yeah that everyone gets their picture with it was kind of like off angle to the side. So the C2E2 logo was in the background of your group shot. So we took one of those. We found another one where there was a backdrop for One Punch Man. And the foreground was like a wall that was broken in. So we all did the yeah pose. And then the other one we found, because it was all sponsored by Direct TV Now, they had a gigantic, bigger than me, Lego Batman built of all Legos from the new movie. And so we got a picture taken with him, and, and we were all holding up BAM POW signs. Uh, <laughs> so it was very cool. It's a very cool idea that I haven't seen implemented at any con I've been to in my 17 years of con going. So it was a very unique idea, and I hope a lot more cons take advantage of it, because it really made the show a bit more interactive, especially with the scavenger hunt. Each station, there was either something cool, or they had life-size Lego builds of things or they were near certain booths so it was kind of like advertisements for certain booths as well but the giveaway stuff was pretty cool too there was one that we passed by at one point during the convention and the line for it was huge so it was like okay we'll come back to it we came back to it it was around four o'clock and we were in line there was a couple people from direct tv now they had people at every station helping people scan their badges and stuff mm -hmm. and i won a golden ticket to a front row seat at the frank miller panel that's pretty awesome yeah and for people who don't know i mean frank miller writer artist sin city 300 dark knight returns all the big major groundbreaking yeah, very influential novels. in comics and graphic novels for sure it was great it popped up it's like hey you won and the girl who was man she's like oh thank god like we've been trying to get rid of this ticket for a couple hours and apparently the panel was starting in a half hour. So we booked it back up to the, 
uh, panels. Yeah, that was amazing. I was like front row and center for uh, Frank Miller panel, and he talked for an hour, and it was one of his writing partners. I forget who, but there was a lot of great advice for writers, for artists, and just some advice in general and funny stories. So that was great. I really like C2E2 panels. They're really well done and organized. The ones I went to, there was never a camp on anything. It seemed like you could get in pretty easily, even if you showed up maybe a little late. Before that, Teresa and Mark and I went to the Funimation panel. They had trailers for some new series coming up. They had some Blu-ray and DVD announcements. I'm super excited for the Outlaw Star set that's coming out on Blu-ray, completely remastered for those who are into anime. That's a great series. Definitely pick that up. But mainly, my goal was to meet Stephen Blum. And speaking of anime, he is an amazing voice actor. He was Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop dub, Roger Smith from Big O. He's been in countless cartoons like Ben 10, and he was in Mass Effect 3 as Grunt. He was Wolverine for Wolverine and the X-Men. Pretty sure everyone's heard his voice at this point. And I'm a huge Big O fan. I love Roger Smith. I love the character. I've cosplayed the character. Steve Blum's also the voice of Tom from Toonami, which I grew up with that stuff from high school, Adult Swim, all that stuff. So I've always missed him when he's in town. I was finally able to meet him. We got in line because his line started at 11. So we were in line a, a little bit before that. And it was a good hour and a half in line to meet him. Oh, uh, yeah. But I brought my Big O poster, which I actually won at the Big O panel in Anime Central 2003. And it was uh, signed by the director of the anime. And I was in Roger Smith cosplay at the panel. So it was already signed. And I basically haven't taken it out of its tube in like 13 years, <laughs> uh, which, which is nuts because I was waiting to get it signed and I had it in my clear blick art tube and I stepped up to it. I said, Hey, I'm such a big fan of yours. I really love the big O. He's like, that's awesome. What do you got there? And I started unrolling the poster and he was like, holy cow. And I, I told him that same story about where I got it. <laughs> and he was just floored. He's like, I've never seen this poster before. He's like, this is gorgeous. And because it's, it's all stark black and white, I think they used it for the cover of their, of the big O art book that was released in Japan. But the poster had this like metallic foil accent on it that was integrated into the title of the anime mm -hmm. and i totally unfurled it and he's like this is amazing i've never seen anything like this before he was blown away by it and he's like well where do you want me to sign that i said you know if you want to sign it right by roger that would be great and he's like do you want me to do like showtime and i said that would be awesome so he <laughs> wrote showtime signed it stephen blum and i also got a picture with him and he said i'm really honored i've never seen anything like this you put a smile on my face today thank you so much and that's awesome yeah and just to to have that interaction and his assistant 
when he was signing it, his assistant took like an overhead shot of the poster because she realized like he was kind of freaking out about it. And uh, so I don't know if he's going to post on social media or whatever, but I have to take a picture and kind of shout out to him. But it was definitely worth the wait. An hour and a half after 13 years of trying to meet him, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that was pretty much my big meet at the convention. And I've already met Walter Jones, Jason David Frank, David Yost. So we've been in talks with Jason David Frank's personal assistant, you know, trying to set up an interview. He is a very busy man. And she was like kind of encouraging me to try to see him at the convention. Well, the thing is, his line is effing huge. And I'm no one special. I'm not gonna cut the line and get kicked out of the convention or anything like that jason you're cool and i can't wait to have you on the show but i wanted to experience the whole convention yeah exactly so his line was going well past 6 30 of the convention and that's six o'clock we kind of dipped out but he's popular he's one of the most popular guests at some of these conventions his line is always insane so we've always said he is definitely the face of the franchise and as a result of that he is always, always popular at conventions. His lines are always long. And that's, you know, that, that's great. It's great that he still has that sort of presence within the fandom. Yeah. But yeah, for, sure. for, for stuff like what we need to do, just go up to him and say, hey, how, how you doing? Let's set this up. Yeah. I don't want to say it's not worth our time because it is worth our time, but it's just not good use of our time. If that well, makes sense. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I was only there for a day and I had Teresa and my brother-in-law to think about. So it's like, I just wanted to show them the best best time that I could. And, exactly. And they already gave up an hour and a half of their time for my thing with, with Stephen Blum. So needless to say, towards the end of the convention, I actually got in line for Richard Horvitz and his line was kind of winding down, still waited like a good 20 minutes, like 20, mm-hmm. 25 minutes, but he had an audio recording option for 40 bucks. And I'm like, Hey, you know, our Patreon supporters, I think would appreciate an upgrade. So (laughs) as you hear in the beginning of, of this episode, we actually got Richard Horvitz to record Alpha 5 for us for the show. He really liked it. Like I I told him, hey, we do a Power Rangers podcast. We've kind of done this fake Alpha voice for intro for the last three years. And he's like, well, now you got the real Alpha. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so he was, he was a really good sport about it. Also, another amazing voice actor, Angry Beavers, Invader Zim. Just a ton of work that he's done as well. It was great to get his voice for our show. It's awesome. And and we're definitely honored for it. So yeah, that's our upgrade. But overall, just a fantastic time. Obviously, if I had more time and money, there was other people that I would like to see. I think next year, I'm definitely going to try for all three days. Maybe get a hotel down there. Yeah, Um, that'd be neat. Yeah, so it's a fun show. It's a blast. The panels are great if you can get to them. There's a lot of vendors and I know a lot of my friends went to this show, but I barely saw any of them. I, <laughs> I, I saw my friend Terrell. He does cosplay photography. I saw him briefly. I saw my friend Deanna, who got me a, a Ranger Nation pin at New York Comic Con from last year. So she gave me that. I talked to her for a few minutes. Uh, I saw my friend uh, Steve Martinez. He listens to the show, and but I saw him in like passing. It was like, oh hey man, yep. See, ya, I gotta go. I'm 
going this yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, that, there was a lot of that on my end, too. Um, I saw really only a handful of people I knew, minus, of course, the people that had a booth that I could go up and, right. and see them anytime. But yeah, I saw my friend Stacy in passing, saw my friend Carrie in passing. They both were just like, oh, hey, how you been? Because the great thing about having friends that you really only get to see at conventions is there's sometimes there's a lot of catch-up you have to do. Oh, I'm right. good, I'm working, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the... And so like, okay, well, you know, we'll see you later. And then you, you won't see them again for another year. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was great to be able to, to run into people. I have a friend on Facebook who I only had met on Facebook. Like, we hadn't met in person yet. Right. And I got to meet her and her husband, which was really cool to see them. They're also big fans of Power Rangers, and I believe they love the show. So shout out to Holly and her husband, whose name I apologize, I've forgotten. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kevin, I mean, Kevin, his name is Kevin. Ah, I remembered yeah. it. Yes. Well, speaking of people who listen to the show, I was downstairs. We had lunch at, at one point, and by lunch, it was like a freaking hot dog. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, the, the $8 hot dog? Uh, more like $6 hot dog, but, oh, okay. but still. Um, yeah. Thankfully, we brought our own drinks and we brought our own snacks. Like we had pretzels and that kind of a thing. So we just bought the hot dog, which was enough. But afterwards, we made our way downstairs to the bathroom area. And that's a big area. Like there's a big open space down at the lower level underneath where they have the food court. And yeah, it's yeah. actually, here's, here's a con tip. If you guys go to McCormick place, that place is very well air conditioned. <laughs> so if you need to cool off, just go down there. It's, there's a whole bank of like bathrooms and office spaces and shoe shine places. So I was just hanging down there waiting for everyone else. And this mom and her kid come up to me and she says, are you the podcast guy? And I say, <laughs> I say, yeah, I, I do a podcast, Ranger Command, and this kid, his name was Harris. He listens to the show. I don't think he was any older than nine or ten, somewhere around there. And he was like super nervous. I mean, the mom did most of the talking, but I said, oh, wow. Hey, nice to meet you. I shook his hand. I said, hey, what's your name? He said, Harris. I said, well, you know what? Thank you so much for listening. And I gave him one of our business cards, but his mom said that he was saying, oh, we need to find this guy with this shirt. And so I guess he might be following my Instagram or Twitter or, or something. And yeah, he listens to the show. I think he's the youngest listener that I've ever met for <laughs> podcasting. And he was clearly nervous, but definite shout out to Harris. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy it. But I was saying on Twitter, you know, sometimes people ask me, why I bleep the show when we swear. And mm -hmm. now it's verified. Now it's justifiable. It's for children like Harris who listen to our show. Exactly. We don't do it just out of like some kind of sense of moral superiority or anything like that. No, no. We do it just because we know that the topic that we cover, yeah, there are a lot of adult fans, but there are children that listen because they want to know about Power Rangers. They want to hear us talk about Power Rangers because Power Rangers is a kid's show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definite shout out to Harris. Dude, you rock. Thank you for listening. So glad you got to meet Eric. That's pretty cool. And I long for that experience one day where I'm out at a convention. And somebody goes, hey, aren't you Zach from Ranger <laughs> Commander? You know, the funny thing was, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of on a tangent, but Friday when I went, 
as I'm walking the floor, I hear this voice say, hey, there he is, and look at me and come up to me. And I'm like, yeah, hey, there I am. And I thought it was like maybe somebody who listens to the show, <laughs> like who knew me or something. And it turns out it was just some dude trying to, to peddle me some uh, some religious books. And I'm just like, oh, oh no, thanks, man. no. <laughs> I was like, but that's such a good way to get someone's attention. I almost applaud you for being like, hey, there he is. Who? Me? Oh, yeah. OK, no, no, I don't want your book. Thank you. <laughs> It's a crazy experience, and Harris, I'm just as nervous talking to you as you were to me. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, for sure. Like, getting to meet listeners, getting to meet people who follow us, it's always kind of just like, wow, I don't know what to say without show notes in front of me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's like, what do you say to a 10-year-old listener? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, hey, what's your favorite episode? Or, you know yeah. what? I think, but, I think you just kind of say what you did. And it's, you know, yeah. hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for yeah. for choosing to spend your free time listening to a bunch of 30-year-olds ramble about a kid's <laughs> show. Yeah, it was a cool feeling. You know, aside from meeting Steve Blum, like that was one of the highlights of, of my convention. So definite uh, thank you, Harris, for listening. So yeah, what else can we say about C2E2? It's awesome. If you're in the Chicago area, check it out. It's such a great show. I've heard it called the San Diego Comic-Con of the Midwest, and I'm totally fine with that moniker. If we could ever be that huge, I think it might be a problem. But, <laughs> but as it stands right now, yeah, C2E2 is definitely the Chicago Comic-Con to go to. And yeah, if you are around the area, if you can make it to Chicago, it's totally worth it. Yeah, and for those who do want to go to the show, they had dates for next year, and it is April 6th through the 8th, 2018. Which is interesting, because my friend Ken indicated that apparently... That is supposed to be the same weekend as Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in Rosemont. Wow. So, so they are in direct competition there. Yeah, and honestly, C2E2 will slaughter them. Yeah, C2E2 is pretty much always been in April. There's been a couple times, only two times, that they've been in March. Last year was in March, and the last time before that, they were in March in 2011. Weren't so, they in May once, too? No, they, oh. they've they always been in April. Okay, I, I could have sworn I remember one year it was late, and they were like the first weekend in May or something. No, the latest they've ever been was April 26th through the 28th, and that was in 2013. Ah, so, okay. so they're always like mid to late April, or at least April in general. Next year will be the earliest that they've done it aside from March. So that's, yeah. this is the earliest like April thing that they've ever done. So yeah, it's a fantastic show. Definitely do three days if you can. If you can't, Saturday's usually your best bet. If you don't want to deal with that much of the crowd, aim for Sunday. That's the family day that they do every year. It's a fantastic show. Definitely go to C2E2. I am so glad that we are able to have such an awesome convention so close to us. Yeah. I know that the odds of me ever going to San Diego Comic-Con are pretty low. The odds of me going to Dragon Con are kind of low. As much as I would love to do Dragon Con one of these years. Mm -hmm. But having C2E2 be right there, you know, easy... Oh, excuse me. Oh, God, I had a Rick and Morty burp there. <laughs> 
hey, Morty. Hey, I, I, I was like, yeah, it's so close to us. And uh, just <laughs> listen, Morty, Morty, you gotta. I gotta watch that show. Apparently, every one of my friends watches it, and I have not seen a single episode. Holy crap! Um, what are you even doing with your life? Yeah, I gotta watch, watch Rick and Morty, it. Apparently. It's it's hilarious. But I was gonna say it's easy to get to, even from the suburbs. If yeah. I had not had a ride there, I could have taken the train. I love the train system. It's so easy to get anywhere in Chicago. All you got to do is take a train or a bus. Like we have a great, um, we have a great transit system. Transit system. Thank you. That's the words. Yes. We have a great transit system that allows us to get anywhere very easily. Walk a few blocks. You'll find a bus stop or a train station. For someone who's done this convention, if you try to park at one of the McCormick place lots, it's going to be a cluster F unless you get there early. So my definite suggestion is take a look at their bus routes because it's a free shuttle that they do every year. Take advantage of it. Park near one of the bus stop routes, one of the stops. Do a cheaper parking option and then just take the shuttle. And the shuttles run until super late at night anyway. I think they run until 10 p.m. on Saturday night. So it's a fantastic option. You brought up another point I want to touch on is... I was at work Saturday checking my Facebook on my phone, and C2E2 posted a message saying, hey, if you plan on coming, all of the McCormick lots are full. You now need to park off-site. And I was just like, holy cow, that's never happened before in my experience. That's Mm -hmm. insane. It's crazy. They do have a shuttle bus that runs from Union Station and Ogilvy Station, so... If you come in by train, by Metra, from the suburbs to Chicago, know that one of the bus routes is the train station. It's cheap to get down there, for sure. Yeah, it's totally easy. C2E2, amazing convention. They have not had Ranger guests every year, but for the past couple of years, they've had Power Ranger guests. Last year, they had Austin St. John, Karen Ashley, and this year, they had Walter Jones, David Yost... Jason David Frank. So if you're a Power Rangers fan, definitely check it out. If you're a comic book fan, check it out. If you just like nerdy stuff, check it out. It's an amazing convention. Yeah, they've got something for everybody at that show, which is fantastic. So yeah, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph. Instagram and Facebook at Ranger Command Power Hour, all one word. Until next month, we'll have some more episodes, as always, every other Saturday on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you at a future convention, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, more conventions. I need to do more conventions. Woo-hoo. All right, guys. See you later. See you later, guys. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Truckee B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much 
or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. Hey everybody, Eric here to tell you about a special promotion my charity Comicare is running. We are up for a challenge and we need your support. At Comicare, we spend all year traveling to hospitals and collecting smiles from children and their families and leave comic books behind to keep the smiles going. Well, now we want to see your smiles, and we want to post them on our pages, too. This July 20th through 23rd, we will bring Arizona Tony Stark to the San Diego International Comic Con and take on one of our biggest challenges yet. We will have four days to collect as many pictures as we can of smiling supporters with Tony. How many can we collect? 100? 300? 500? We'll run for the 1,000 mark, but you never know. Will you pledge a couple of pennies for each photo we collect? Just think, if you pledge just two cents per picture and we collect a hundred photos, your donation will be two dollars. If we collect a thousand, twenty dollars. Either way, a small price to pay to be part of our continuing mission. We appreciate all your support in the past and we know you will enjoy being a part of this adventure. So please visit comicare.org slash 1000smiles. That's C-O-M-I-C-A-R-E dot org slash 1000smiles. Visit our page, click that pledge button, and throw us a couple of cents per smile. You're free to put a cap on your donation so it doesn't get out of hand just in case Tony gets crazy and gets 10,000 smiles. You don't have to worry about getting nuts. Just visit our page at comicare.org 1000smiles and make your pledge today.